You know, I had a great, came from a great family, meaning my, my parents were always, you know, uplifting and told me how, you know, I can do anything for my, you know, my sister and I. And, and actually, my mom had me when she was 15 and my dad was 17. And they're still together today. They're just an amazing couple. And they were always helping other people. And they, at their own, you know, when I was growing up, they were struggling as well, you know, where they were working a lot. And, and but we always got what we needed. And I'm telling you that because even though I had loving parents, I still didn't feel feel great about myself. I just didn't. I let the outside world really dictate how I felt about me. And so, you know, I ended up with an eating disorder in high school, and I just always compared myself to others. I then got I was I got pregnant uh, when I was 19. Uh, got married because I was pregnant, and then I I was really sick when I was pregnant. I had hyperemesis, and the thing is, I look back now and I can laugh about it, but 
you know, when you get anybody that's had an eating disorder will totally get this. Like when you when you don't have an eating disorder anymore, the last thing that you really want to do is get sick. You know, you don't want to vomit mm-hmm. anymore. And I know it sounds gross, but but when you have hyperemesis, that's what you do the entire pregnancy. And I thought it was like God playing a joke on me then. I was like looking up like really. Um, so I had gotten then I got married. Long story short, with that I had another child. I was still hyperemesis. So I had two. They were healthy. Babies were healthy. Um, and then I was divorced. So I was a young single mom of two, and you know it was tough, tough to make ends meet. Even with working, I had a full time job, and then I had two side jobs: um, cleaning houses and. Uh, fitness coaching for women and uh, teaching kickboxing, which is my favorite, and a lo- and also any other kind of aerobic. You name it, I was certified in it to teach it. And, and I did that because I wanted to – I had told myself, I had made myself a promise and a promise to God that once I got over this eating disorder, I was going to take care of myself for the rest of my life and do this in a healthy way. And so in order to afford a gym membership, I started teaching. And that way you could have a free gym membership. I could take my kids with me after mm-hmm. work. So this is something I did after work. Um, so, you know, struggling to make ends meet, was, it was really, it was tough. It, it is what it is. You know, we all, some of us, a lot of people in the world have been there at some point. But, you know, I started to realize, <laughs> right? I mean, I started to realize that everything I was concentrating on and focusing on was growing. Even the things that weren't good and the things that I did not desire to have in my life. And so I started to really pay attention to every single thing that I was focusing on, everything. And it took some work. And I started to notice that the things with my job became better, right? My kids, everybody started to to switch and change around. And then I still noticed that the only thing that I wasn't being great about was me. I was putting myself down a lot. I was still looking in the mirror and criticizing myself and things like that. So I really started concentrating on that. And when all that happened, of course, I'm really narrowing this down at this point, but um, the time for time-wise, but things really started shifting in my life. I, I started to notice that my world started opening up and things were coming into my life that I would have never, I had always dreamed of and I would always thought maybe wasn't attainable for me. And it was, you know, I'm just, I always thought of myself as just being, um, a really nice person, very good morals, and a hard worker. You know, I mean, I didn't go to college. I um, I went basically right into working and then got pregnant and had to work for that reason. And I was so excited, though, when all these things started opening up. So what I started doing was with my women that I was training, I started working on them also as I was working on my own self-perception. I was helping them with theirs. So we were working from the inside out. So that's how all of that came about and how, you know, I have a book called The 30-Day Self-Perception Makeover. We just released the 30-Day Self-Perception Makeover Teen Edition. And I'm so excited. We actually hit number one. I saw that. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually hit number one on Amazon in three different categories, which I'm super excited about. And we got to the top, towards the top 10 in teen health, which was huge. And we're still going up in there. But, you know, really my goal with this is the earlier we can learn that, with a healthy self-perception, we can begin to change everything in our lives because our self-perception is the base of everything, right? What we think and feel about ourselves uh-huh. is the base of, the, it's the, it dictates the chances we take, the choices we make, the relationships that we stay in and the ones that we leave because we know that we're better than that and this, that's not on our path. 
And so the sooner that we can learn that, our world will begin to open up and we'll be able to trust our intuition 100%. And, you know, that's how, like, the name of my radio show is called Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. And that's because we are manifesting and creating whatever word you want to use for that every day of our life. So my thought is, why not do it on purpose? Because you can. Okay. That is good. Before we go into the manifesting magic, I want to ask you, what shifted in your mind first to cause you to start the shift, to cause this big shift that you're now on this journey of manifesting magic and you have this 30-day self-perception makeover? So what was it being a single mom of two and, you know, you mm-hmm. already admitted that you were struggling and that you had this big comparison thing that caused you to have low self-esteem and a lot of doubt about who you are. So I know a lot of us mm-hmm. can relate to that. Even me and people find it hard and difficult to believe. But, yeah, I struggle with that still sometimes if I start comparing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's just horrible to compare because either you're going to feel super good right. about yourself and think uh, some, bad about somebody else or the opposite, you're going to feel super bad about yourself of lifting somebody over you, which you should never do. So what really shifted for you? Were you just sick and tired of being sick and tired, as people say, or you felt like, what did you feel? What was the shift that caused your shift? Okay. So, well, yeah, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> that, that, I think every, a lot of people can relate to that. Um, yeah. But for me, when I, when, when I started noticing that the things I was focusing on was growing, the first thing I started noticing was the negative things I was focusing on was becoming more negative and they were becoming more prevalent in my life, right? Less money. You know, I was really literally not being able to pay some bills. I mean, there were things that were really, I was always focusing on them. And then I started to notice that my kids at that time, they were, they were little, um, two and four. And I started to realize that, you know, they weren't seeming very happy either when I wasn't happy. And my son would come in always such a caring kid. He still is to this day. He's going to be 28, you know, and he would say, you know, mommy, is there anything I can do? And he would be upset and literally we have tears running down his face because he was, you know how kids are. They feel that, right? They can feel it. Mm -hmm. Even if you're trying Mm -hmm. to hold it in, they see when, when yes, mom is upset and right. And so that was really the changing point for me is because I knew that, you know what, I have to change something. And if I'm noticing that the things I'm focusing on are growing and they're not the things that I want to grow, I have to change this. And it, it's not easy at first. And I know a lot of people that have tried to do that. And it's not just about thinking positive because you're going to have days when you just feel like you are in a funk. But it's by mm-hmm. knowing, and I'll talk about this a little later because I have a little trick for that, but, you know, that, is, that was the changing point for me. So then I started to really focus on not only the things I was thinking about, for, about myself, my job, money, et cetera, but my kids. So I started to realize that, you know what, I needed to stop and really pay attention to what was going on with them, even though they were little. So I, I realized that sometimes they would be telling me something and I'd be like, okay, okay, I'll see, I'll, I'll be there in a minute, you know, because I'd be too worried about other things that probably didn't, that didn't matter at the time. Right. Like I already knew I didn't have any yeah. money to pay the bill. So why, why am I going to keep focusing on that for the next hour? I need to turn and say, yes. What, okay. Let's talk about this. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. You know, because for kids, everything's a big thing. Right, everything's a big thing. Yeah. So if they want to talk to you about something, even if they're three, it's a big deal to them. 
right then. So I started to do those little shifts at first in those little changes in my life. And I started to realize, oh my gosh, number one, my kids are happier. Number two, by doing these things and listening to them and talking to them in those times where I could spend an extra 45 minutes worrying about the fact that I don't have the money to pay this bill, actually started opening up my flow. So I actually got a raise at work. I got promoted. Um, I was actually, uh, so I worked at the Mayo Clinic um, when they first opened in Florida. And I worked my way up to be a supervisor. And I was their youngest supervisor that they had ever had. And I was super excited because I was able now to at least start paying my bills, right? Um, because when you're a single mom, mm-hmm. those of you who are out there know you have health insurance. You have your, wherever you're going to live, right? Whether you're renting or whatever, you have electric, you have food. I mean, it adds up. So even if you have a job, you may not have any money left. So I did start noticing things started to shift. And so that was really the, the changing point for me was my kids and seeing that the little things that I was doing differently was helping them. And it was affecting them mm-hmm. in amazing ways. Um, so by me doing that, honestly, that, that's what led to me meeting my now husband. So um, I, I did get remarried. Uh, we've been together now for about 21 years. I'm actually, I'm 47. And I have two, so we have four children all together. And um, yeah, so I said I had two more children. So I have children now that range from the ages of my youngest just turned 14. And the oldest will be 28. So 28, 25, 15, and 14. And then we have two grandkids now, too. So a year and a half. And oh, wow. Um, but oh, awesome. So that is so awesome. It, it is. Okay. So um, I cannot believe that you're a grandmother because when I saw your picture and I read your bio, where it's yeah. as an entrepreneur, homeschool mom, wife, mother of four, and grandmother to two amazing granddaughters yeah. and a love of anything that brings a smile and joy. And um, you're also the founder and president of Hopeful Handbags. We've got to talk about that yes. nonprofit organization that gives hope to women that have been through domestic violence and other detrimental situations. And as mm-hmm. you mentioned briefly already, for those who are just tuning in, she is the founder of Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. She's an author. She's an on-air live radio host, international speaker. She's a top number one best-selling author with this 30-day self-perception makeover team edition and so she knows what she's talking about she's been a single mom she had lack of self-esteem she had the comparison problem she said she had an eating disorder so i like for people to understand the the low parts too because then they want to compare where they are today to where you are today and not where you came from which is where they are today so I love right. that people are able to share the not-so-glamorous side of their life. Mm-hmm. So that's how people mm-hmm. can relate to you. Now I want us, what I normally do at the 15-minute mark is give a big tribute to my wonderful sponsor. So starting with Mid-South Camara Club, I want to tell you about this club. Not only do they drive the most amazing cars, but the Mid-South Camara Club is a nonprofit organization, and their goal is to improve the community through positive outreach programs and supportive charitable organizations. With October being October being um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, they are definitely raising money and awareness for breast cancer. 
awareness, those who are surviving, those who um, succumbed to it um, prior to today. So they're always out in the community doing things. And then our other sponsor, I'm so excited, is, you know, Catfish Chef. They have the best catfish on land and water is what they say. And then we have Rising Sun um, Outreach Ministry, so we have a little commercial for them. If you're well, looking awesome. for a relevant church for the times, visit Rising Sun Outreach Ministries, located at 5255 Tulane Road in Whitehaven, the happy church where everybody is somebody. Join us for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. Come hear a powerful, easy-to-understand message by Pastor Aaron Campbell, Jr. Come as you are and be blessed. For more information, please visit our Facebook page at Rising Sun Outreach Ministries. You won't be disappointed. I just love my sponsors. And, and so those are the ones that we just bought on. So we have more that are coming. So we're really excited about that. They help us uh, continue to bring these amazing women to help empower other amazing women. So, Miss Kathleen, let's talk about how to manifest magic in our everyday life. Because, you know, we already said it's more than just positive thinking. you got to do more mm-hmm. than that. Right, absolutely. So what can you share so, with us about how to do that? Okay, so there's a couple of different things. The one main thing that I always like to make sure people know about is being grateful. And you've probably all heard this before, but it is so true. So say you wake up in the morning and you're just in a mood, right? We all wake up sometimes in a mood. Well, shifting that right away. Always have, which I did say earlier, I would talk to you about this one little tip that's huge, and I explain this very much detail in both the books. It's called the go-to vision, and everybody has to have one. And this is one that you have to plan ahead for as well. So you have to, like right now, or when you get off of this, listening to this show, or tomorrow morning, or whenever, it has to be planned ahead. What is something that makes you smile 100% of the time, like 100% of the time. Mm. Now, a lot of people is my grandchildren. Right, and that's a great one. And a lot of people, though, will say, like for me, honestly, I can think about my grandkids' faces and I always smile. But some people will feel like it has to be their significant other or it has to be something, right? It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. anything. It doesn't even have to, so I always, I, I have two or three go-to visions because it just depends. But like one of mine, for instance, is I love to jet ski. So I can get in that place in my head where I feel the speed of the jet ski. I can taste the salt water because where I am, it's salt water. I can taste the salt mm-hmm. water. I can feel the warm breeze. I can feel the life jacket on and it, I just get excited. And so that is another type of a go-to vision. The reason why this is so important is when you start feeling yourself getting into a funk, you've got to get into that go-to vision. You can do it. You don't have to close your eyes. When you get really good at it, it takes some practice. But when you get really good at it, you can actually feel yourself. So when I say what gets you excited 100% of the time and gets you bubbly inside, I mean that bubbly Mm -hmm. feeling to where you feel it inside. You know, you feel it in your stomach. You feel it in your heart. You're like, like overjoyed, like, oh, my God, this is so exciting kind of a feeling. <laughs> and this is, why, this is why it takes planning, right? Because a lot of people, when you're mm-hmm. in a funk, 
the last thing you're thinking about is what gets you excited, right? I mean, you're just like, I don't have anything. I'm just done. So that's why you have to plan ahead. Now, what, what that does, and the reason why this is related to manifesting on purpose is in opening your flow, I like to call it, is because when you are excited like that and you're happy, right, we were put on this earth to live joy, be joy, receive joy, give joy, all of that. So when you're in that place, you're, I, you know, envision your heart opening and envision those things that you desire that are on your path, your unique, soulfully fulfilled path coming your way. So when you're on a higher energy vibration like that, that is when you're opening your flow. So the more times you can get like that throughout the day, the more you're opening your flow. Now, one thing about manifesting on purpose as well is it's like when you're going on a trip, you kind of, you need to know where you're going in order to get there. So mm-hmm. this is enough. Manifesting on purpose is planning ahead, too, because we just talked about the go-to vision, but you also, what is it that you desire? I mean, what, what do you want? A lot of people don't know, right? When you yeah, ask them, I found well, that to be very what, what true. Yeah, and so you have to know where, where you're going if you're going to get there. So I always say if you put wishy-washy out, you're going to get wishy-washy back. So you've got to be clear on it. You know, so say, you know, a lot of people, oh, I want a million dollars. Well, okay. Well, what do you want the million dollars for? What would you do with that? Or I want a house that whatever. Well, okay, how are you going to feel? So you'll start to notice that when you're manifesting on purpose, it's all about feelings. It's about being intentional, doing it on purpose. It's about feelings. How How do you want that to make you feel? And also planning ahead and having that go-to vision. So this also works with relationships. Um, so many people, uh, you know, they, they want a certain relationship, whether it be in romantic or just friendship or whatever, but they're, they're looking at and they're describing to you, oh, you know, I want dark hair, dark eyes, you know, this. Okay. Well, but that, is, that person may not make you feel the way that – how do you want to feel? in a relationship? How do you want to feel when you're in that perfect house? You know, how do you want to feel when you have that amount of money? Um, so those are just little things to think about and, and write those things down. So everybody that's looking, like, write those three things down, the go-to vision, right? Um, plan ahead. What is it that you do desire? And I, I, I use the word want loosely. Um, in the books, I talk about this, how I, we won't really use the word want. Because if you keep saying, I want this, I want that, you're going to keep getting that. You're mm-hmm. going to keep wanting it. You're going to keep wanting it. And that's not what, you, that's oh, not what wow. you're going for. Oh, wow. Okay, here. hold on. That was yeah. a light bulb moment for me. When you yes. say, I want, I want, I want, so you're manifesting the term, I to want. want. Because that's right. really right. all you're doing is I want. Because it's not hearing anything that comes after that because it's hearing the first few words that come out of your mouth. That's why it's so they tell you when you're doing affirmations to make them in the now mm-hmm. and right now kind of things. Oh, wow. Right. So you shouldn't even have to say I want, right? Because right. it should exactly. be. It should be or I desire this or this will make. Mm-hmm. I, I desire this blank. Because I will feel that, or I, because I feel this way when you have that thing or that thing or that circumstance or that relationship, that person, 
whatever is in your life. Um, also, there's a, we talk about this in the chapters in the book, is it's called the what if game. But, you know, another thing is a lot of people will say, well, what if or when I get this or what if I do this? So you can actually use that to your benefit too. And what if can be a good thing because if you get into that feeling place that what if I got that huge promotion, you know, what if I got that huge promotion? So those are the kind of things you have to go back to feeling for. And, but yeah, want is something I leave out of my vocabulary. Uh, just if you, it's an easy thing to do. So replace want with mm-hmm. desire if you have to. Um, I also talk about, and I'd love to talk about when you talked about affirmations, about making them your own. Uh, because mantras yeah. and affirmations, they're great. But always use any mantra or affirmation that you get as a framework, as framework for you, um, kind of like a template. And then tweak mm-hmm. it and make sure that you're getting into that feeling place when you're saying that mantra. And by that, I mean manifesting on purpose all is about visualizing, feeling, re- basically reprogramming your subconscious mind, right? Because that, when we're little and we fall down, and we get back up to walk, we don't, look, we don't look around and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. We just get up and do it. And as we get older, right. we take on what everybody else takes. And the reason why that goes along with all of this is you've got to really have a healthy self-perception and know that you can make these mantras your own and in the feeling. So you're also retraining your subconscious mind when you are using different parts of your brain. So I'm huge into journaling as well. We talk about that too in it, but um, I mean, honestly, we could be here all day talking. So I'm trying to briefly go over it. But I know, by using I know, parts of your the time is going so fast. I cannot believe we only have four minutes left. And we have to talk know, about so hopeful I'm, handbags. Because right, I, so I know what people live for, though. They need this help. They need yeah. what you're saying. Because when you said um, own your own affirmations and your own mantras, because that would mm-hmm. be like, taking somebody else's blueprint or their business plan Mm -hmm. and just trying to do that. And you don't know what, they don't have the same likes that you have. They don't have the same Mm -mm. um, hiccups in their lives that, you know, maybe you can't stand to look at all white walls, but what you've done is you've taken their blueprint and not added anything. So that's what you do when you do a mantra and affirmations. You have to personalize it based on what you're like. You said your desires. So you're, you're helping, you're helping our audience. Oh, and then, good, and, you know, good. Make sure you feelings. <laughs> uh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, feelings are huge. Feeling. What makes you happy? Yeah. That's right. That and part, what, you, have you, so much work for people to do because they don't even know what makes mm-hmm. them happy. Like you said earlier, they don't. people don't know what they want or why they want it because they've just been told this right. is what you do. So I love that you as a coach, this is where you start with people, and that's why you're being so impactful and effective. It's because you've done the work yourself, so your your own based, mm-hmm. um, advertising. So, oh my goodness, you have to come back. Okay, we have to do this again because you have touched on so yes. many points, and I know people are like you're going so fast. We do have some callers. I don't have time to take calls. I know calls, we can dive into some things um, a little bit more. You know, like each thing. <laughs> yeah, but tell us about the hopeful handbag. So, I really want to hear about your nonprofit. Okay. Okay, um, I'll be quick with that. So really brief background. When I told you my mom was 15 when she had me, my dad was 17. We lived across the street from my grandparents when I was little. And my mom came from a family of 11 children. She was smack dab in the middle. 
So I have an uncle and aunt that are my age. Anyway, my grandfather, um, he used to abuse my grandmother and the, and my mom, all the kids. Um, and so anyway, we lived across the street from them, and anytime something would go on, my mom would go over, send the other kids across the street that were mine and my sister's age, and we, I remember standing at that chain link fence just, just waiting for the you know, chaos to stop. And then we'd bring my grandmother to the emergency room. It was kind of a regular thing, right? She would either be a broken arm, a concussion, I mean, something. And in my five-year-old brain, at that time I was five, I would be thinking, oh, my gosh, like, why? Why does this keep happening? And why does she go back? Like, I don't understand this. Because across yeah. the street where I lived, my parents were, we were happy. You know, that stuff didn't go on there. And so lucky for me, my parents were breaking the pattern in, that was happening which doesn't always happen mm-hmm. in situations like this. And so, no, it you know, it doesn't. And long story short, my grandmother passed away about, gosh, it's probably been about 30 years ago now. And I know some of it had to be for, you can only take so much, right? Um, and my grandfather Goodbye. passed away about six years ago. And I know that he's looking down on me and saying, and he, he, he knew what he did was wrong towards the end of his life. He had stopped drinking and all that. Right. And I know he's looking down on me and saying, you've got to spread the word that domestic violence is not okay. So what we do is we take one club handbag and we fill them with necessities and makeup and things to make the women feel amazing. And we donate them to women getting back on their feet again due to domestic violence or other detrimental situations, whether they're going through a program or whatever. And these bags, I mean, you know, women, right? So they're, they're amazing Mm -hmm. bags. And so these aren't just bags that they're getting rid of. These are bags that they love and they're donating because they know that they can get another one and they want to raise hope. So it starts with raising hope. Oh, my hope. goodness. Because like we, we have like about, 20 seconds. Let me yeah, give you okay, a website so for everybody. Okay. Okay, so there is um, such, a reason, website, such a great cause. Um, website, <laughs> KathleenMinor.com. You can find yeah. our Instagram, yeah, LinkedIn, that. and Facebook. So we want to thank Kathleen so much. I, we're going to have to have more time. Thank my friends. You know, Rising Sun's Outreach Ministry. Until next time, everybody. Bye-bye.